When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. All right, it is time, day two. Actually, Judd. Do you call rookies being there day no, two? No, I and I. In fact, I, I saw a story today saying training camp start. Training camp has not started. This is a. This is basically the rookie orientate orientation part of training camp. Training camp starts on Friday, right? Why, why are you trying to throw cold water on me? Thirty seconds into the show. No, day I, two. No, you got four, training camp. No, you got all right. Football. You, you got football. four. You got four days of football, Matthew and Declan. I'm not trying to take away football, but training camp. If you, if we're gonna go, if we're gonna burrow down and go meat and potatoes football, it's Friday, right? Yes, uh, meat and potatoes. Yes, I will admit to you that it is Friday. But I'm not trying and, to rain on your parade, Matthew and, Collar. And really, though, when it really gets going mm. is Sunday when the pads they are a popping. That is when it really truly <laughs> begins. But since I was out there and the quarterback was out there and the quarterback was doing a press conference about being out there and the offensive coordinator was for me it is day 2 of covering training camp today and uh we have some news that multiple outlets are reporting that the Vikings have had Orlando Scandrick <laughs> in a cornerback <laughs> for a tryout well Holton Hill is uh, suspended for 8 games and Mike Hughes I can't tell you because I'm not a doctor how far along he is, but he still has a big giant brace on his leg. I saw him today, All right. and that's what he was working out in. Considering when he tore the ACL, it would be surprising to me if he was ready for week one, and all of a sudden your cornerback depth, which was actually really good last year and really helpful for you, is pretty pretty weak right now, I think, beyond Xavier Rhodes, who tends to get hurt, Trey Waynes. We haven't mentioned Trey Waynes as a guy who gets hurt, but he did last year. And you've got Mackenzie Alexander as your slot corner. He seems to be pretty set on that role. Beyond that, now Chris Boyd, the seventh-round pick. You have Craig James, who was around last year. A couple guys. There's an AAF guy named Duke. Go to it, Zim. I mean, come on, Zim. This, Zim develops him. This is the time. Can I ask you a question? To bring in Orlando Scandrick. Can I ask you if there's been a uh, basic fundamental shift in the thought process of football wise of one Matthew Collar? Given what's happened in the past, what is it now, four months with Holton Hill, you've long had a statement on the air, off the air. Oh, I know where probably, you're going with this. Probably to your dog, certainly to your wife. Oh, I've told everyone. Certainly to me. Yeah, you basically go in in the middle of I need a four ninety four. Yes, you go in the middle of and stop traffic. I need a t-shirt and stop cars dead in their tracks from going sixty five to tell them this. Uh-huh. I do always draft the weed guy. Always draft the weed guy. Have you had any change of heart because Holton Hill has now been suspended not once but twice for different infa- infractions that involves certainly a misjudgment of what he put into his body? I don't exactly extend it to always draft the PED guy, which was his other suspension. I know, but I'm just... But I, okay, I'll thinking, answer your question. I, question for you. The answer to your question is absolutely 1,000% yes. <laughs> Tattoo it on my body. 
always draft the weed guy. I'll give you a great example coming up later in Hot Routes. We're going to talk a little bit about Tyron Matthew. Fourth round draft pick. One of the most dynamic, explosive, exciting college football players to ever touch a field. The guy ends up as a fourth round pick. He is a superstar NFL player. Janoris Jenkins got kicked off Florida. Do you know what you have to do to get kicked off Florida? I mean... What? Percy Harvin somehow survived at Florida and stayed Urban. on the team. That was Urban. I mean, Urban how made did he sure. Get kicked off? I can tell you, <laughs> Urban pulled a lot of strings to keep Percy on the football field of Florida. I, I, it's like and, getting out of Saint, getting kicked out of St. Cloud State. And, it just doesn't happen. And Janoris Jenkins, can we look at his career? I mean, he has become one of the most I solid, the answer, consistent so yes, cornerbacks in the National Football League of Football. I'm just looking up how long he's been in the league. Janoris Jenkins is was drafted in 2012, and I think he was a second-round pick, and he would have been a top-ten pick if he had not been the weed guy. So L.A. got a amazing deal for him. Then the Giants pay him a bunch of money. No one even remembers that he ended up at North Alabama because he had too much weed. And uh, I, I think that what we're usually talking about here when someone gets in trouble is, oh, well, it didn't work out. But in my mind... This worked out great for the Vikings. If he never takes another down, you signed him as an undrafted free agent. You paid nothing. The price, zero for him, except for just some cash. Last time I checked, the Wolves have that. And he last year placed 376 snaps for you. And when they threw into his coverage, I have this from Pro Football Focus, opponents had a 67 quarterback rating throwing into his coverage. If you got one half of one good year from a guy who's a weed guy... Who contributed positively to your team at an extremely important position of cornerback for the price of nothing because he couldn't put down the pot? Th- then you won. Then it was correct. In fact, I, I would extend it so to you're always, applauding the Vikings. Always signed the undrafted weed guy. Yeah, that's just less Keshi. Um, <laughs> but a hundred percent applauding the Vikings for right. signing Holton Hill. Yeah, it looks a little bit bad for you from the PR standpoint that Holton. Um, couldn't get it together. It just looks bad for him, for right? Him. Oh, of course it doesn't it looks look bad that for bad him. for the team. And you know what? He's an undrafted guy, so. Here's the other part of this. The one reason that I advocate for the weed guys, who once, by the way, was Randy Moss, drops yeah. in the draft because War- of it. Warren Sapp. Warren Sapp. Percy Harvin. <laughs> right. I mean, so. I'd take them all again. A hundred percent. In a heartbeat. There are many, many guys who were the weed guy and fell because of it and turned out to be great players. But. The unfortunate part is just how preposterous it is to penalize players for things like this. While Tyreek Hill is on tape threatening I said the same someone, thing yesterday. gets zero games. Show. Yes, I'm with you. Threatening someone does qualify under the category of domestic violence. Even the way that the NFL has laid it out, he gets zero game suspension for that. Seems like a great guy that you definitely want around your team. And here, Holton Hill is just enjoying himself some wacky weed in the offseason, and he's getting his career messed up for it. He would have been a second-round pick, maybe a third-round pick with his talent. And instead, he drops completely out of the draft because of what? And some of these guys, they do have a legit dependence, a legit addiction, even though it's always been said, oh, it's it's not addic- addicting or right. whatever. But it certainly can be. It can be something that um, people lean on and, and NFL players use for pain management because now what we know about opioids and things like that, You'd rather the, do weed, those yeah. things kill people. Like, you, you want to be doing the weed instead. So I look at it as this next CBA, it should be a key issue to get rid of this garbage where we're suspending people. Josh Gordon getting suspended, having his career ruined. He's one of the great receivers in the game mm-hmm. over pot. It's it's legal now where? Colorado, Washington. California. California. But, Michigan. Yeah, so we're, we're going down a list of places which, guess what, have National Football League teams. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would. I would go to Goodell and say the first thing I want out is weed. We're not testing for it. Yep, we're, we're done with that. And and think about from the perception standpoint. Now, of course, Holton Hill should not have used any PED substance that uh, he did, and he needs to be much smarter about what he puts in his body. And you can't get popped for that because that's four games. But you could always say the guy's twenty-two. He made a mistake. Uh, everybody's trying to get an edge. This is the NFL. There's probably a lot of that. Uh, Okay, no big deal, right? But now he looks like a criminal. 
He now he looks like a guy that oh no bad guy here you don't want this guy on your team when well look at Rock Thomas I mean same kind of and thing. Rock got yeah. let go but Rock Thomas is kind of a fringe guy though I mean Holton Hill has legit talent to be a starting but I'm saying Rock, NFL cornerback Rock looks like a bad guy and and look at what this absurd suspension and you're right yes he looks Rock like Thomas he looks, looks like, like a, bad a very guy. bad guy now he looks like a bad guy and he smoked weed and Holton Hill looks like a bad guy like oh you can't have this guy around your team because he's bad news for doing what something that is completely legal and legit in how many states that you just named get rid of this the National Hockey League gets so few things right in this world. It's it's actually insane that it's still a league. They get so much wrong. The drug thing, they get right. They test to see how many players have a problem. And you go into behind the scenes a program if you've got a certain issue, which a lot of hockey players do. But I refuse to believe you that. You do not get suspended. Right. For using recreational drugs. Nor All right, should, so you nor are staying you ever. So so you are staying with a Matthew Collar stance of Always draft and or sign Absolutely. the weed guy. All right. because, I was just curious if this and, changed. And it. it's going to get better later because I think that eventually in the CBA they're going to get rid of this. And I, the only reason that I could come up with that this was ever a thing is the perception of the league. At one point, I would say early 2000s, the NFL was very concerned about its perception. That they had a lot of players with off-the-field issues and things like that. Which is why Goodell that, part of, partially got the job, Matthew. Exactly. The warden when he came in. Yeah. And Law and order commissioner. So it seemed to me like they were going for this whole marketing campaign of we're going to clean this league up. When realistically, what percentage of these guys actually have problems? But then explain 1%. this to me. Okay, so so if you're going to go down that path, explain Tyreek Hill. The, I am baffled by this one. And by the way, I'm even more baffled by this one because you've had Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson, you you've had you've had probably just short of a handful of guys who you completely screwed up, and then guess what? Inevitably something turns up, video turns up, and they've looked awful. So how does Tyree Kill skate completely on something where you should have at least said we're gonna we got to give you four games? Okay, I've um, I've got a I've got a plan for this that I want to give you. All right, and I've. Haven't really talked about Tyreek Hill much because the Vikings are starting and everything that's been the focus. But here, here's my plan: if they were really smart about the way they handle players with domestic violence issues and things like that, here's the way that I would approach it: I would not suspend players' games for things like what Tyreek Hill did, things like what Tyreek Hill did in the past—that he pled guilty to choking his pregnant girlfriend, and then this last thing he's on tape threatening her and saying that he um, that his son should be afraid of him, and he very likely broke his son's arm. I was going to say, like that. somebody broke that kid's arm, too. My plan would be this, that if you have something like this happen, if you are accused, if you are arrested, whatever, that you automatically go into a program that you have to complete through the entire season. You could play, but it is a every single day type of program where you are working with counselor. And last time I checked, the Cowboys are worth $5 billion. They can afford it. So you're working with a counselor to improve the way that you handle your off-the-field life on a daily basis all the way through. You, during this time, cannot be traded and cannot be released. You are just in this program. You can still play. And if you commit a second violation... That's when you get a year out and, and, and potentially even kicked out of the league. Because I think this whole thing of, well, let's see, how bad was it? Uh, he's on tape saying you should be scared of me, which sounds like a threat. So what is that, two games worth? It just it, it has become this random wheel of justice that Ray Roger Rice. Goodell seems to spin. And I always ask, how does this help Tyreek Hill? How does this help his girlfriend? How does this help his kids? How does this help anything to suspend him three games? Or uh, and we look at these teams and go, well, you got to get rid of that guy. Okay, so but, Cleveland can pick him up like what they least, did with Kareem Hunt? But at least your idea does something. My my point is you, you're suspending guys for probably smoking weed for four games, which is a substantial amount of a season. And Tyree Kills just going to play, and it's like, well, we don't have enough to prove something against you. So, so at least your plan is a plan. The league's plan makes no sense they right don't now. Have one, and yeah. you are suspending people. Um, 
if they're smoking weed, you are suspending people for the wrong things. If you do PEDs, I'm all for it because there's a problem of a potential competitive advantage there, and you're probably becoming a player that you shouldn't be able to become. So I'd completely get that one. But, you know, Holton Hill, Rock Thomas, bang, you're suspended. Tyreek Hill, ah, we couldn't prove it. And then how many times, too, the frustrating thing is how many times in a month or so is something going to turn up? TMZ is going to get yeah. their hands on something. And, and then, then, he's and then the suspended. league gives you the old, we couldn't legally get yeah, our hands no. on that. You've got more former FBI agents in your office than most. I know. And what good does this do anyone? What Even if they had suspended him eight games, doesn't that just make the player angrier at whoever he committed domestic violence against because they just cost him a whole heck of a lot of money? I, I mean... This it's just sort of like this endless cycle of nonsense with the NFL when it comes to any off the field thing. And you would think with even slightly better leadership in 2019, you could come up with a better plan than he's either not suspended or he's suspended four games. Or I mean, they suspended Ezekiel Elliott on just as shoddy of evidence for four games Absol- as this. No, I think Tyree Kill. Or no, even I think more less. So. Even more so. I think less. So, 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 so your plan is nothing. Your plan is just to randomly assign these suspensions and then never talk about them because we never hear from Roger Goodell on any of well, this. Well, and and don't tell me too that that uh, t- to the point of Zeke, it's personal there because Roger and Jerry butt heads, right? Yep, yep. So I can get you. But Kansas City, Patrick right. Mahomes is a great young quarterback. And, and do you know what he really needs, Matthew Collar? Tyreek Hill playing. And, Don't tell. And it's a billion-dollar business, and nobody, and it's been proven now, nobody really gives a damn as long as it remains a billion-dollar business. Well, and that's another part of it, too, is that if you suspend the player, we know that fans are just going to come back and cheer for the player anyway because that's football for you that no one's going to turn away from the Pittsburgh Steelers because of what Ben Roethlisberger did. And I'm not saying that counseling will help every single player that ever gets into the program for counseling, but it would get it would it would be something. It, I think let's say if you get 5 out of every 10 players actually improve their off the field behavior and lives through some sort of program you put them in and it does way better for you than the guy being suspended for two games or something, then it's a huge victory. And I just don't know why that isn't the approach. These teams will do anything for players. They have this thing out at TCO Performance Center where you walk in, you push a button, it goes to sub-zero, 4,000 degrees below zero, and your body naturally heals itself by doing some crazy reaction stuff to the cold. And that probably cost them $1 billion. So we can't figure out, we could do that for players with them physically, but we can't figure out how to help them live their off-the-field lives just a little bit better we when don't they're care, having these problems. But we don't care about that. What we, what we don't want to do is have the feeling that they're costing us money. And, and you said it, and you're right, though. What, they, what this league has found out is, guess what? If Tyree Kill scores three touchdowns in week one, a lot of people are going to be like, Tyree Kill's awesome. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that's so the difference is the league and and teams individually want their players to heal to get them back on that field ASAP on Sundays. But you know what? If Ray Rice had been 25, he would have come right back and somebody would have signed him. And the only reason, and I, I always thought it was so hypocritical and stupid that people were like Ray Rice paid the price. Ray Rice paid the price because he was aging and it was easy to do. He averaged three yards a carry the year yes. before. That's why. If he'd been 24 and done the same things, he would have been suspended. I get all that, but he also would have come back and he would have played and fans would have said, <laughs> Ray Rice scored three touchdowns and ran for 150 on Sunday. How about that? And to make it even more preposterous, they supposedly, according to the rules, cannot factor in what Tyreek Hill did in college, which, again, was plead guilty to choking well, his about, pregnant girlfriend. How about Joe Mixon, Matthew? But, I know, right. What, what if, Joe Mixon if, did if he is did one something of the most, right now, they wouldn't count what he did in college, which was punch a woman in the face. And seeing that is one of the most heinous things I've ever seen. He cold-cocked her with his fist in that restaurant. Yep. Dropped her. And, it was, I mean, and you it was, can't factor that in if he does something and you can't else tell me, suspension. And you can't tell me, as a human seeing that, that that was not completely jarring. Oh, that was disturbing. I saw Absolutely. that, and I like, oh my, you know, wow. All right, uh, I got an update real quick on the cornerback situation. Okay. Uh, the Vikings have worked out cornerback Dexter McDonald, who is a former Raider, according to our friend Tom Pelissero. So, two, so, so two, two today. Two cornerbacks. 
And, uh, well, this is why they had to create some extra little cap space just in case somebody is going to be suspended for eight games and they have to bring in a veteran corner. Now, this, I will say, Judd, is something that I have wanted for the Vikings. They kind of got away with it last year to some extent. But remember, Nikel Roby Coleman, Corey Graham, guys that I was like mildly familiar with from Buffalo that I thought, good players, fill out as many corners as you can who you know can be reliable because if you have to play guys that can't play, you're going to get smoked out there with cornerbacks in 2019. And you so, know who knows that? The man whose Mike job Zimmer. the man whose job is on the line if, if said quarterbacks get smoked. All right. Uh, Courtney Crone is out on the practice field, and we are going to speak with her about what she's seeing from those rookies. I bet you're so jealous right when now. When we return. A little bit. I was out there yesterday. It was very hot, and um, it's, it's hard when there's no pads. It's like, okay, Tyler Conklin caught a football because he's a professional football player. Good catch, <laughs> Tyler. When they get the pads on, it's crazy so how Sunday different is, it is, though. So it's crazy how Sunday is go time for you, though. Absolutely. Sunday is right. really on. All right, we'll take a break. We'll talk to Courtney next. Here, you are listening to Purple Daily on Score North. Owing TV brand. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative federated insurance it's our business to protect you all right back here on purple daily i'm gonna do my best to get out on that practice field as we go throughout camp as i walked through earlier today so we send it out at this moment to the practice field where there's a football on a stick. There's no pads yet, but there's something is beeping. That must be important. Oh, it's the crane going the up. The crane is going up for the film. Oh, yeah. To take the high film. All right, Courtney Cronin from ESPN on the line now. Uh, how intense is it out there right now, Courtney? I mean, it is so intense that um, I have goosebumps, and it's 95 degrees outside. Um, <laughs> football on a stick is not being used. I actually am staring at Andre Patterson, who is standing next to football on a stick. Uh, and it's just sitting there. So no, we're not working on cash rushing right now. I guess I guess it's don't care. It's nailed it. Go pick it up, Courtney. I want you to go to poor, lonely football on a stick, pick it up, and say, if you guys aren't going to use it, I will, and lean against it. You know, I think I'm just going to take it. Yes. I mean, they, they could easily get another one of those. I think that I should take that, and that should be my souvenir from training camp. <laughs> uh, Courtney, I'd love to continue this, but we've got plenty of time to get into the apparatuses. Let's talk about the cornerbacks. Holton Hill is suspended for eight games. Uh, I still say always draft slash sign the weed guy, but now it appears that uh, the Vikings are looking for answers on the free agent market. What do we think of Orlando Skandrick and the idea of the Vikings bringing in a veteran cornerback? Well, I think it's interesting. The, the vibe that I got from speaking to sources to confirm that he is here, that he did do a workout on, uh, what day is it today, Wednesday? Um, he, I think they hope they don't have to sign anybody else. That maybe somebody could pan out in camp that Chris Boyd will be the guy to potentially take that fifth spot. But with Holden Hill's suspension, it puts them in a really big bind. He's gone for half the season right now um, in two suspensions since April. So, I mean, who knows if he's he's even on the team. I don't think that that's a lock that they want to keep him around uh, regardless. But, you know, all that being said, bringing in another depth piece, somebody who's played for a handful of teams, um, you know, he was with the Chiefs last year, didn't have a great season, but it's depth. And, you know, you need depth in a slot corner position because you just don't know it's when Mike Hughes is going to be able to return either. Since, uh, you know, we, we know last year they weren't really great with the timeline of Pat Elfine's injury and when he could come back. So, you know, beyond that, um, I think that it's a smart move to be able to get another body in here regardless of whether you're going to cut him eventually. But, you know, I could also see a situation where nobody else, Chris Boyd, might take too long to come on. Maybe they end up signing this, the guy, if they bring him in, if they sign him, maybe he's somebody that makes the 53-man roster because they're kind of in a bind for the first eight weeks of the season as it relates to them. So he'll, he'll get four, four games, uh, and now his caller said, Courtney, it's up to eight. How quickly do you think Zim got his uh, – 
his uh, phone book of corners out and said, "Rick, we got to start making phone calls. I got to get I got to get corners from far and wide." I think if this had been tight end, Zim would be like, oh, "You know what? We're fine." But cornerbacks, I think he said, "I've got eight on speed dial. I'll call seven of them right now." Yeah, I mean, yesterday Rick Spielman alluded to it before we even got word about the suspension of Holton Hill that they were going to potentially be bringing some guys in for workouts this week. So uh, they'd probably been on on this for, for quite some time. So I'm not surprised about that whatsoever. I just think that, you know, at this point, the quarterback depth is not very good. Like I, I'm staring, looking at a unit right now where I know one player who was drafted. Um, and, that, and that's Chris Boyd. I mean, there's Mike Zimmer can't possibly be pleased with Holton Hill and just the situation that he's put this team in. And they, they've always got guys on speed dial. As we learned, you know, yesterday, we're talking about, you know, the guys on the street. There's always somebody that you can bring in at the position just to be a camp body if that's all you need. So, Courtney, do we look back at the draft and say – Okay, great, you got Garrett Bradbury and Irv Smith. None of us would question those picks. But beyond that, having Chris Boyd be the only guy they selected, and this was a deep draft for cornerbacks, they keep trading down multiple times in the third round to select a running back instead of picking the number of corners that might have been available. And now that looks a little bit questionable, I think. It does. And I remember you and I were talking about this in April thinking, hey, is there a chance that they take a corner maybe in the second round or the third round or, uh, you know, higher than the seventh round where they got Chris Boyd, who was holding Hill's teammate at Texas? Um, and, and they passed up on a lot of players that were available to them uh, when they were drafting in the second round. I mean, Greedy Williams was there. I mean, there's several other pieces uh, that are probably going to be content, you know, contending for starting positions in the NFL as rookies um, that, the Vikings, that the Vikings passed up on. So, I uh, I think it might have beca- they might be kicking themselves for not addressing it a little earlier. Maybe you didn't need to go Alexander Madison in the third, and you could have gotten a running back in the fourth or fifth. But uh, it's definitely you know depending on how this whole thing pans out with Holton Hill, if they decide that they want to sign um, Orlando Scandrick or you know even somebody else that might become available because you know it's early on and teams cut guys all the time. Uh, maybe they could have addressed this in the draft. Who knows? Uh, odds in your mind now, Courtney, that Holton Hill uh, does stick and, and returns as a Viking after the eight games he has to sit out? Who knows? I mean, it's I wouldn't put high money on it right now. Uh, I just don't think that you can go, you can really trust somebody like that. They they knew the red flags were there when they signed him as a UDFA. Uh, he's been the you know the protocol for the league substance abuse program, which is more than likely why he was drug tested and, you know, failed the drug test um, and then received the four-day suspension for uh, performance-enhancing, not just performance-enhancing jobs, but for substances that are banned by the league. He already had the PED suspension beforehand. Um, so it's uh, it's definitely not a uh, good look for Holton Hill, and I, I would not venture to guess in, in a very high high percentage way that he could be here uh, in a couple weeks' time. Yeah, I can't figure out which strike this is. So, so it's probably failing the weed test at the combine is strike one and then strike two is PED strike three is this but maybe maybe he fouled it off because he's a corner and it's Zimmer and and Zimmer knows how hard it is to get big athletic corners who already prove that they can play but uh, Courtney what did you make this morning of some of um, Kevin Stefanski and Rick's uh, not Rick Spielman sorry that was yesterday and uh, Kirk Cousins comments about the wide receiver three Position because I wrote about that a little and I thought it was interesting of them talking about maximizing guys' skill sets as opposed to someone winning that job. Exactly, like that's that's what you need to do with that position. Like you can't expect that you're going to get a dude essentially to play the number three position. You don't need it in this offense. You are as field as the bond big. What you need to figure out is okay. Do we want a possession tape receiver? Do we want a third down receiver to be like our curious right from two years ago? Do we want an Ultra Robinson who's basically, you know, your four-four vertical threat? Uh, this will be Dave Cousins last year, and he had several touchdowns. I mean, you don't need somebody who is going to try to replicate what Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs give you. I mean, yes, where are they both the best? They're both the best in the spot. So it would be good to have somebody who could play outside. But beyond that, I don't think you are really looking at this thinking, okay, this is like make or break for the entire offense. 
because as you and I both have talked about with WWGD, um, <laughs> Gary likes his tight end. So I mean, there's a very good chance that you know that number three receiving type role, the person that you're going to be looking at down the you know the statistics, um, statistically speaking, going to be the number three receiver. Could be a tight end. Judd doesn't know yet about WWGD, Judd. I think I figured it out. What would Gary do? That is correct. That That was not hard to figure out. What would Gary do? Would Gary keep a number three, pure number three wide receiver to play half the snaps? Or would Gary mix it around and have a bunch of different guys that are working in? Hold on to both of you right now, because last I checked (laughs) in the media guide, Kevin Stefanski is the offensive coordinator of our Vikings. And Gary's just really basically a consultant, right? Since we don't know what he does. he's working 40 hours a week. (laughs) <laughs> no, he's down to thir- 38, so they don't have to pay him full time. Right. He doesn't need the benefits. Yeah, he, exactly. <laughs> uh, last thing for you, Courtney, is uh, Garrett Bradbury. And, of course, as any first-round pick, um, they're saying great things about him. But I think it's legit with Garrett Bradbury. They drafted a guy who's 24, not 20, and he comes across as being much more well-adjusted to the NFL than I would say for most rookies who are trying to step right in. Yeah, and I think it's a situation, too, that, I mean, you can speak to Pat Elfline taking over the center role as a, as a rookie. I mean, people were wanting to say he was Mick Tingle off already, but he clearly, you know, that wasn't the case. Um, I would take a look at the situation and think, okay, he knows day one that he's going to be the starting center. He already is able to build that chemistry with Kirk Cousins in a way that Elfline two years ago with uh, Sam Bradford at the time, wasn't able to. I mean, they went through multiple line combinations and didn't settle on that starting five until cut-down day. So I think that that's um, a good situation that he's in right now, that he's able to really dive into the playbook and go, okay, there's no there's no ifs, ands, or buts. This is my position being one. And I think that he's really shown this group um, he can handle a heavy workload. You know, you see him out here working in a I don't think he's gone off the field once in the last two days that we've been out here. And, uh, you know, he's really impressed just kind of with the mental aptitude it takes to play the position. And it's going to benefit him having, two, you know, former center and Pat Elfline next to him because Elfline had that same benefit two years ago. And he can speak to you just how important that is when you might need help with a call or, you know, just trying to decide, like, what, you know, trust your eyes, know what you're seeing, believe what you're seeing. It's good to have somebody who's played the position standing next to you or squatting next to you uh, as a rookie. (laughs) Uh, Courtney, uh, last thing for you. Judd and I were debating whether this is day two of camp or whether day two of camp will be Saturday, that the veterans have to be here for it to be day two of camp. Uh I think camp's already started. Mm, I think, okay, I, Joe. I, I'm no, there run. it is. I'm not buying that. There it is. It's I'm not buying that. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to old man explain to both of you that <laughs> camp doesn't start till the players all report. That's fair. Two days <laughs> is what they should be having out <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, why aren't they in pads, Cronin? <laughs> In my day, they were almost dead by week one. Listen, just go pick up football on, on a stick and say, if you guys are going to ignore it, I'm walking away and I'm keeping it. I like that idea. I mean, I think I'm going to walk out of here with it today. And, and Judd, <laughs> if I get fired, then, um, then you know, me and football on a stick are just going to come hang out at Score North all day. That's all fine right, with well, me. You will be here tomorrow co-hosting uh, Courtney, so we will see you then. Thank you for your time Bye. on the practice field. Not a problem. Talk to you guys soon. All right. Courtney Crone of ESPN. She will be co-hosting tomorrow as many, many times she does throughout the week and through the season. So let's take a quick break, Judd. Some A funny conversation from out there today that I want to bring up with you because I feel like this is perfect and right up your alley is um, last night's Twins game was just perfect. If you're one of those people that thinks that everything's going to go wrong that you get ahead of the Yankees, you yep. got your closer in, and of course, a former twin not only comes up and hits a home run, yep. but makes the heroic catch to beat you in the end. So I want to talk about ironic things that could happen to the Vikings based on their schedule. Team by more? team, ironic things <laughs> really? that could happen. Yes, This poor franchise doesn't need more ironic no, things to happen. No, it doesn't, but you know it's coming. So we're going to uh, have a little fun when we come back. Hot Routes coming up at 3. Zolgad and Collar here on Purple Daily on Score North. Score North download brought to you by my pillow. Declan Goff filling in for Jonathan Harrison. Vikings training camp is underway from TCO and Egan. We just heard from Courtney Cronin, who was live at camp. Be sure to check out scorenorth.com for all your Vikings coverage. 
Right now, you'll find Matthew Collar's piece on wide receivers and needing someone to flash in training camp. Maybe Chad Beebe, maybe Alexander Hollins. There's five rookies in camp, Collar. There rookie wide receivers? five, and then Brandon Zilstra is also there too, but he is hurt, so he's working out on the side. So there's a lot of so options. Basically, six out of 11 are there. Six out of 11 potential receivers. A lot of young pups trying to uh, find some depth there at wide receiver. The Twins, they close out their series with the New York Yankees tonight at Target Field. Can they even top last night's game? I mean, bullpen implosions, home runs, back and forth. Jake Odorizzi starts for the Twins, first pitch at 7-10. And in case you missed, missed Matthew Collar's apology to a certain baseball player, no, not Miguel Sano, Aaron Hicks. He's a former twin, though. Check out Score North Live, which you can find wherever you find your podcast. Why'd you ruin it? I didn't ruin Why'd it. Why'd you ruin who it is that oh, I was you, apologizing you, to? They're, 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 I'm surprised that people aren't in your Twitter handle already just destroying you, Freddie, listening to it, because they're already big Why? fans of you. We, they should, we should all be apologizing to Aaron Hicks. Yes. He has turned into a we really should. good baseball player, I, and we all thought he was no good. 100%. So sorry about that, Aaron John Hicks. Ryan Murphy. Uh, not that anything like that would ever happen to the Vikings. So that's what I wanted to discuss here, Judd. And we'll get to some other things. Hot routes. Also, uh, I want to talk more about the cornerbacks with Holton Hill suspended. You asked me if I still believe in the Vikings and other teams taking risks on the weed guy. The answer is 100% yes. And if Holton Hill never plays again for the Vikings, they still won. That usually undrafted players give you nothing. And to give them a good half season last year... Great, you got something out of a guy that you never expected. Um, but now I'm starting to be a little concerned or wary of the cornerback depth. Aren't you? I mean, Trey Waynes has been who he is, but he's also been injured a little bit. I believe he had two concussions yeah, had last, concussion year. last year. And Xavier Rhodes is coming off his worst season, and we saw him in uh, OTAs, minicamp, limping on the sidelines. Yep. And you just... This is a team that has had an incredible secondary. And, and one of the reasons that Mike Zimmer is so consistently good, I, I've mentioned this to you before, Judd, but the last time it was below average in yards allowed for a Zimmer defense was 2007. That was a long time ago. I was in college the last time that Mike Zimmer allowed more yards than half of the league. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons is the guy has always had great defensive backs in Cincinnati. Always great defensive backs. Um, Pac-Man Jones during his time was very good. Drake Kirkpatrick, players like that that they would draft. And then you come here to Minnesota, you've got first-rounders, Trey Wayne, Xavier Rhodes to work with, Harrison Smith, one of the great players in franchise history, and a consistent partner for Harrison Smith and Andrew Sandejo. And now this year... Though I like Anthony Harris a lot, I think he's one of the smarter players that I've ever been around. You don't know how he's going to perform over a 16-game season. He was a fill-in player last year. Yep. You have Rhodes is a year older. Waynes is in a contract year but had some injuries the year before. Mackenzie Alexander had a great second half of the season, but we don't know if that's going to continue to carry over. It's a tiny sample size. Your backup that you really liked in Holton Hill is suspended for half the season. Mike Hughes, nobody knows exactly when he's going to come back from the ACL injury. And I believe there was a little bit more to it than just just the ACL. It was a little worse than that. You have Craig James. You draft a guy in the seventh round, Chris Boyd. And now Orlando Skandrick, who has been not very good for quite some time. I think he was with Kansas City last year, and they were one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL. I think it's a position that we haven't had to be concerned about at all, and now there should be some questions. All right. I'm actually, in this case, going to take the opportunity to ease your fears a little bit, Matthew Collar, by saying this. This is unzolgadi. It is, but but I have been pretty consistent about saying this now for a couple of years here. When it comes to Zimmer's defenses and cornerbacks and secondary in particular, every time that I've tried to be like, ooh, this could be a problem if, if one more guy gets hurt or they're trying to uh, rely on a guy that I don't trust, it's worked. Holton Hill. Holton Hill played last year, and I said at first, I think this might be a big mistake. I mean, he's going to get picked on. It's going to not go well. And it did. So the last piece of, of the Zimmer building that I'm going to find fault with and think Mike Crumble is back there. So until I actually see it, until guys get hurt again now and it's just all hell breaks loose, there are so many other things that when it comes to this team that I find fault with and have problems with, and, and I think my doubts are substantiated at times, 
But every time since Mike became head coach here that I've said to myself, this secondary, man, it's not going to work this time, I've been wrong. So I'm going to ease your fears just a little bit by telling you that until I see it, I'm not going to believe that this thing's going to drop off uh, dramatically. Based on Zimmer's history, you're being fair to say he's been able to get the most out of pretty much everyone that he gets his hands on. Players are better under Mike Zimmer in the secondary than they were for other teams, like Captain Munnerlin, who he really liked as a slot guy, and Munnerlin gave them a lot for the couple of years that he was here. Alexander, we thought very early on, oh boy, I mean, this guy looks like he's going to be a massive bust, and then middle of last season, he just takes off and is very, very good. Rhodes, Waynes has gotten better as he's gone along and has become a consistent corner on the outside. That track record, it's very true. However, Xavier Rhodes is a first-round corner. That's a ton of talent to mold. Yes. Trey Waynes is an even higher draft pick, a ton of talent to mold. Mackenzie Alexander was a fringe first-round pick, second-round pick. Again, one of the smarter players on the team. He's physical, he's talented. If you're talking about, and even Holton Hill would have been a higher draft pick. He's tall, he's very skilled, he's fast for his size, all those things. You're talking about very talented players. Mm -hmm. If you were asked to try to squeeze every last drop out of Orlando Skandrick, if the Vikings do decide to sign him, or if you're asked to take Craig James, who no one's ever heard of, and turn him into something, or if you're asked to take Chris Boyd, who's a seventh-round pick that, uh, by the way, you should be a little concerned that he's best friends with Holton Hill, Uh, but... What could go wrong? Yeah, I know. Uh, but but a seventh-round pick, nonetheless, yeah. in a deep cornerback draft yes. where a lot of teams pick corners in earlier rounds, so you were way at the bottom of the barrel yep. by the seventh round when you picked Chris Boyd. That's a lot different, in my mind, than taking Trey Wayans as a first-round or sure. an 11th overall pick and making sure. him into a very consistent and skilled player. And my point is, though, that, that as the Vikings go into um, 2019, there's just so many other areas to be focused on and concerned about potentially that, yes, if 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 Rhodes goes down or Waynes or both, they very well at cornerback could be in trouble. But every time previously since this guy became head coach, I thought, okay, now they're in trouble. I've been wrong. But I got a question off that for you. I want your theory on this. Let's forget the first round. Because I, I think in the first round, the Vikings, in their mind, did what they had to do. Why do you think, and, and how big of a problem do you think it could be that from the second round on, it appears that Spielman got really cute in this draft? That is something I've been asking you myself. You and Courtney are right. Like there's, there's logical paths, second round on, to go down. And it was as if they passed on those, and I'm not quite sure why. The third round is where I get confused because I didn't read anybody that had Alexander Madison, and I think he's a very good prospect. He's got great PFF numbers, underneath numbers. Um, when I was at PFF's offices the other day, they uh, their college football guy said, hey, keep an eye out for, for Alexander Madison. He's a pretty gifted player, which there are a lot of very gifted running backs who are out there. But nobody had him as a second or third round pick. He was usually fourth, fifth round type of guy. So trading back, trading back, trading back to take a running back, which we know is a position that you can generally find, you can generally generally replace. There were other veterans that they could have picked up who were kind of just out there, like TJ Yeldon, who's been fairly consistent with the Jaguars as uh, a role player, scat back type of thing. To trade back out of a position where you could have drafted some corners to replace Latavius Murray is a little bit strange to me, right? Because because you pick up some seventh-round picks, four seventh-round picks, and maybe one of them becomes some type of player at some point ever on your team. Of all the guys that they've drafted in the seventh round, I think, what, Steven Weatherly is the only guy that uh, I I can really remember. Right, I mean, uh, becoming right. a seventh round player who's been but decent. The rule, but but to me, the rule of thumb at at running back, if, if you're not, if you don't have a one like Cook, who obviously is a really gifted person and has a multitude of talents, the rule should be I can find one, right? Like I can find one in the fifth round, seventh round, right? Not a star, but he might develop. But the strategy of of pulling the trigger in the third round. On a position where where my contention has long been that if you're going to take one in the third round, you, you might as well wait till the fifth round, and then not to take the corner. It just seemed like Rick got cute, and I don't understand with how critical this coming year is. 
given the fact they very well might need, let's say, those top four picks to play, for instance, why you would get cute? Because th- this is not a, oh, it didn't work out here, that's just too bad, but I've got a ton of job security. It almost felt like they went into the draft and said, we're going to replace these positions on offense that we lost, Yes, and that's our plan. We're just going to trade back if we think that guy's going to be there, and we're doing this. Latavius Murray, as much as I appreciate him as one of my favorite players I've ever covered, he's great to talk to, he's extremely smart, he's interesting off the field, and he's tough on the field, good running back, and someone who kind of bucks the trend of being a very consistent running back who's building a long career. So a lot of respect for Latavius Murray. When he left, though, I didn't say to myself, Oh boy, you better replace Latavius Murray. You better replace a guy who averages four yards a carry and is more rough and tumble or something. I mean, that's not really the type of running back you really need in the NFL today anyway. You're usually looking for guys who can uh, go out for passes and pass protect to be the all-around type of player as opposed to hammering it up the middle like Latavius Murray successfully did, and he was a tremendous pass protector. Well, Murray was. So, I, great player, but... If you're going to rely on uh, Delvin Cook, who's healthy, to be your guy, then you don't necessarily need to draft a Latavius Murray replacement who fits his exact skill set, especially when you're doing outside zone running, which was not really Latavius Murray's specialty. That was an area where I never want to spend too much time blasting anybody for a third round. Because how many third rounds? But have it's philosophy. Out? But it was a surprising philosophy, especially with what you're saying about the um, number of corners who Mike Zimmer has the ability to make a lot better. Yes. If you draft one with high talent in the third, can that guy give you something right away? That's what Holton Hill was supposed to be. Yes. So can that guy give you something right away? Can you develop him into a starter when Xavier Rhodes is done, or when Trey Wayans doesn't get resigned, or whatever? That was the area where I looked at about four or five different players in the draft and thought, okay, corner makes a lot of sense here. And the other thing, too, that I learned down at PFF offices, most uh, in terms of defense, most important position, it shouldn't surprise you, it's corner. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's the most valuable yes. position. Yes. It's why you take them in the first round. Exactly. It, it's why when when Brad was coach here and and they would draft corners in the third round to try and start, right? Marcus McCauley. Asher Allen, I think they took Chris Cook in the second round. But it was as if they thought, well, this guy will be fine. Now, now Zim has the ability, to his credit, to develop players like that, and so their career arcs under him could have been different. But corner, if you want a cornerback and you need them, God knows now, in this league, right? They're first-round picks. Like, if you want a cornerback to step on the field on day one, and some teams have to do that, they are first-round picks. And, and unless you have a running back who's this unbelievable talent who you just cannot pass up, I think my contention is you can find him. I I would think the same thing. And the fact that you very likely could have found the same guy that you got later on. Wide receivers too, it, right, it might be one. It might be one that we look back at. I mean, last year when they picked Mike Hughes and nobody was against him as a prospect for the millionth time. But when they picked him, we all went... shouldn't you be getting a first-round guard who's a beast who will give you average play in his first year like Will Hernandez did? Shouldn't you do that? The funny thing was they said he didn't fit the scheme, but then throughout the year they didn't run that scheme that that he was supposed to fit. But that's, I mean, it's in the past, but the point was just that we we debated the heck out of that because it was one of those, hey, it's a first-rounder and that's someone who can help you right away. Um, But when we get into the the third-round area... I kind of you know, shrugged my shoulders a little bit. I think this one is, we shouldn't necessarily talk about it right now, but if we go forward and they lose one of these corners or they struggle, Waynes right. and Rhodes, if Rhodes struggles because he's still dinged up and age is starting to get to him because it's the NFL and when you get toward 30, this game will wear you down if you're a cornerback. If that happens, then we probably will say, mm, did you really want to pick off the, the bargain basement bin with someone like Orlando Scandrick, or would it have been better to draft somebody? And, and Holton Hill being being suspended for eight games might be um, a surprise, but there's no way that you could tell me that the Vikings are genuinely surprised that he got a suspension. Uh, no. With his course, past problems? No, so like, but, but it's, not, it's not like the Vikings in... in 
February or March looked at that depth chart and said, sure thing, sure thing, sure thing, sure thing. Yeah. So but, if right, you look at that. They shouldn't have been stunned when Holton Hill got suspended. Holton Hill ne- needed to have a check mark by him constantly. And, and if he contributes, that's fantastic. But a four-game suspension for a guy with past problems cannot be considered a surprise. Uh, I should point out, and it is sent to me on Twitter, that the PFF grades for Orlando Skandrick put him as about an average corner last year. He is a nickel guy at this point in his career, and uh, the year before with the Cowboys, he had brutal coverage grades. And this is kind of how it works with uh, receivers or with cornerbacks. I mean, is sometimes they have great grades, sometimes they don't, <laughs> yeah. and and you need a really big sample to know whether someone is good. And at one time in his career, Orlando Skandrick put together four or five years where he was good at coverage. Now you're not sure what you're getting. And if anyone thought he was really a great find, he would have been signed for more money way before this. So I'm I'm guessing that the consensus on Skandrick, even though he's got some decent coverage numbers and coverage grades, is you don't really know what you're getting from a veteran player who is, let me look at what his age is. He's probably 32. He was born in 87, so he's 32 years old. Okay. I don't know if that's the position you wanted to be in, though I've always been for the old depth corner who might have to step in. But he wouldn't play, right? Unless a guy got hurt. Yeah, I would want him to be down the depth chart, so he and maybe he play. just fills in every once in a while. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of having to just sign somebody, as proven as Skandrick is, uh, that probably helps you if they can bring him in. They haven't officially signed him yet. Um, but... It's about as good as you're going to get at this point in the season is some guy who's 32 and is coming off an okay type of season. That's about as good as you're going to get. But the hindsight on that won't be whether Orlando Skandrick works out. It will be the third round and even potentially the second round. What are you talking about? I, I Loka came here and we all knew he was going to play <laughs> a ton. I know. We all, Jermaine everyone wrote the story. Brock, George, George Iloka is going to play. You know how many of him loves him? George, why aren't you playing? I don't know. I, okay, thanks a lot. I'm not making that mistake again. That is actually one of the biggest Zim mistakes we make. Yes, that, we that think he's, because he's, he's tied to a guy that yeah. he is well, or or he's just, he loves this guy. This guy's going to play for sure. Iloka's going to play a ton. Yes, this this is the warning I've been giving people about Hercules Mata'afa is that sometimes Zimmer will praise someone in minicamp, yeah. and then as soon as the person puts pads on, they get their ass kicked, and you never see them again. I mean, th- this is the thing with Mata'afa is. I mean, yeah, he's got some football skill, but if he's 260 or 70 pounds and he's six feet tall and the Vikings offensive linemen are actually better at football now, I mean, he might just get plowed and we might never hear of him again. So we'll see. Um, I'd be shocked if that happens. Never in football. Every time that we write about a guy, he goes on a successful career. Hot routes. Is coming up next. That's always successful. I missed it. Is the hot routes. I know. You've missed it really badly. You've been a little edged out recently. Well, yeah. Not on purpose. Oh, are you sure about that? No. Uh, all right, we'll take a break. We'll come right back. We've I'm George Iloke of Hot Routes. Hot Routes, and then ironic ways to blow it as uh, the Twins did last night for the Vikings schedule. We will have fun with it. Don't yell at me on Twitter. So we'll be right back. Uh, you are listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Change your vehicle's oil before your summer road trip and save money now with Pennzoil and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic for just $22.95 after mail-in rebate. Save money and protect your engine against sludge and wear with the synthetic oil change. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today or O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.